Hello, this is Melissa Lau, Associate Pastor of Congregational Care and Missions at Wesley Memorial United Methodist Church. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast. Our sermon series for the month of October is based on the book of Matthew. Please jump in and learn along with us as we go on this exciting journey. Thanks again for listening. God bless. Today across the Christian world, we are celebrating All Saints Day. We're remembering those saints of God that have impacted our lives, those saints known to us and those saints known only to God. In the New Testament, the word saint means someone that has been set apart for the purposes of God. The word saint comes from the Latin word sanctus, which comes from the Greek agios, or holy. And that word agios, or holy, is used over 200 times in the New Testament. So a saint is someone that becomes a vessel or a channel of God's holiness into the world. Someone that does God's work in the world. Someone who has given themselves to the Spirit of God more than they have given themselves to the Spirit of this age or the Spirit of this world. The Beatitudes at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount is a very traditional text for All Saints Day, and it will be our text for this day. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at the first verse. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up from the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then Jesus began to speak. And he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. The opening verses of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount are these Beatitudes. This sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, is the greatest sermon ever preached. You can read the whole sermon as is given to us in Matthew chapters 5 through 7 in about 15 minutes. You can actually contain all the Sermon on the Mount on one page. In Matthew's Gospel, of course, it is Jesus who is delivering this Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew's Gospel, this Jesus is the one who is greater than Moses. This Jesus is the new Moses who has gone up on a mountain to deliver a new law. 
And this Sermon on the Mount is that new law that is the fulfillment of all the Hebrew law. This Sermon on the Mount is the roadmap for living a blessed life in communion with God. And of course, the Beatitudes, and the word Beatitude means blessed, they are the gateway, the entrance into this great sermon. These Beatitudes are a series of outrageous paradoxes. A paradox is something that is seemingly absurd. And we see that here in these Beatitudes. Here in these Beatitudes from from Jesus, he is saying that those whom worldly wisdom regards as least blessed turned out turns out really to be the most blessed. So according to Jesus, what does a blessed life look like? So according to Jesus, who are the most blessed? Sometimes in some translations, these Beatitudes, instead of beginning with the word blessed, they begin with the word in an English translation, happy. And oftentimes if I'm considering a new translation of the Bible, I will look at the Beatitudes and if they present the Beatitudes as saying happy are, etc., I usually don't pick that particular translation. I think to translate the word blessed here, makarios in the Greek, as happy really is a disaster. We're not talking about happiness here. We're talking about blessedness. And those are not necessarily the same thing. I know several years ago there was a very famous preacher here in the United States, if I called his name, many of you would recognize his name, who wrote a book on the Beatitudes, and he titled that book, The Be Happy Attitudes. Again, I didn't think much of that book. I don't think much of translating the Beatitudes with the word happy instead of blessed, because to be blessed is something very different than just being happy. Happiness really is a very substantial standard, a very subjective standard. It is a standard that's based on the happenings in our life. And happiness comes and goes. It's fleeting. It's tied to our emotions in a lot of ways. But when the Bible talks about being blessed, that is something objective. That is something that God does for us, in us, and through us. So it's important that we remember these Beatitudes, really our statements about being blessed, what the blessed life looks like. So when we read the Beatitudes, we see that Jesus is turning our worldly standards upside down. Jesus is saying that the most blessed people in the world are those who are poor in spirit, are those who mourn, are those who are meek, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, are those who are merciful, are those who are pure in heart, are those who are peacemakers, are those who are being persecuted for doing the right thing, are those that people revile. That's Jesus' definition of what it means to be 
blessed. And our world's definition of what it means to be blessed is very different. Our world's definition does not say that the poor in spirit are blessed. Our world says that those who superabounding confidence and self-esteem are blessed. The world says that those who somehow can live with constant happiness and pleasure are blessed. But Jesus says this blessedness belongs to those who mourn. Jesus says that the meek are blessed. This world says that those who have great power to do things and move people are the blessed. And the list goes on. In so many ways, these Beatitudes turn upside down the world's vision of blessedness and even the world's vision of happiness. Jesus here, at the beginning of this great Sermon on the Mount, is telling us what it means to be blessed what it means to be a person that has been blessed by God, a person through whom God's light shines into the world. So these Beatitudes come from the very mind of God for us. These Beatitudes teach us what good living looks like. These Beatitudes teach us what virtuous living and even holy living looks like. Peter Kraft is a professor of psychology at Boston College, and he has written extensively on the Christian life, and his books have been very influential in my walk. Several years ago, he wrote a book on the Beatitudes, and this book on the Beatitudes I do highly recommend. Peter Kraft's book was entitled, For Heaven's Sake. The Rewards of the Virtuous Life. The book's out of print now, but if you can get your hands on a copy, I I will tell you it's worth your time finding and reading. In Peter Kreft's book, when he deals with the Sermon on the Mount, particularly when he deals with the Beatitudes, he reminds us that in many ways, the Beatitudes, these statements of what it means to be blessed by Jesus' standards, are the opposites of the deadly sins that plague us in this world. This is what Peter Kreft says about the comparison between the Beatitudes and the deadly sins, the historic seven deadly sins that the church has discussed. Quote, in Matthew's account, it can be said that the seven of the nine Beatitudes are the opposites to the seven deadly sins. The poor in spirit who are detached from riches, are the opposite of the greedy, who are addicted to them. Those who mourn, who are empty of pleasure, are the opposite of the gluttonous, who are filled with pleasures. The meek are the opposite of the proud. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are opposite of the lazy, who lack spiritual ambition. The pure in heart are the opposite of the lustful. The peacemakers are the opposite of the wrathful or the angry. And those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, that is, those who are willing to suffer for good, are the opposite of the envious, who are willing to have less satisfaction or more suffering than others. End quote. 
So these Beatitudes paint a picture for us of the blessed ones, of the saints who have been windows through which the light of Christ can shine into our lives. These Beatitudes paint a picture of those people who have lived and died faithfully in Jesus Christ. We have all had special people in our lives who have shown us the way of God into blessed living. Today on All Saints Day, around the globe, Christians are remembering and giving thanks for those saints that have impacted us and those saints who have made small and large private and public contributions to the body of Christ. Those people in our lives who have made it easier for us to believe in God, they've made it easier for for us to follow the way of Christ. So today, we do remember and we give thanks. Some of the saints that we are celebrating today are still among us. They're on this side of eternity. And I hope that we'll take time this day to thank them for their influence and their impact upon our lives. But some of those saints who have made a tremendous impact on our lives have passed on to the other side. They have now found the fulfillment of their life in Christ. As Christians, we believe in the communion of the saints. Our creeds remind us of that. The communion of the saints is a concept that teaches us that the people of God are one. The people of God, whether they're on earth or in heaven, are one. One communion, one fellowship. The communion of the saints reminds us that whether we're on earth or part of the church triumphant, we are still in fellowship with each other. So those of us still struggling through this life, endeavoring to be faithful people who follow the way of Christ, are seeking the encouragement of the great cloud of witnesses that surround us. We are grateful for the saints that we see every day, and we're grateful for those saints who have left their imprint on us, our lives and have passed to the other side. So we're grateful for these saints. We're grateful for the communion of the saints. We're grateful that our fellowship is eternal. We're grateful that the impact they have made on our lives is one that is eternal. So friends, as we celebrate All Saints Day on this day, May we remember, may we give thanks, and then may we recommit to living as those people who belong to Jesus Christ, as those people through whom the light of Christ can shine into other lives. May we commit anew to being the people that allow others to find Jesus Christ in a powerful way. May we remember those saints who have gone before us. May we remember those saints that are still making an impact on our lives today. May we seek to be those kinds of people, the blessed ones who impact the world around us. 
So we give thanks this day for all those people that God has sent to us as special gifts to show us the way.